The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is July 5th. 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. I hope everyone had a great uh, holiday. And I just want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. It's all about customer care and saving you money on your monthly transaction fees. Joining us today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Gary, good morning, and always, it's great to be with you. All right. Appreciate it. And just a quick review of last week's show. We had a pretty interesting show last week. Uh, we had Freddie Owens, Ed Junod, and also Randall Baxter, who are with the Vet to Vet Tennessee. They actually represent three Tennessee veteran affiliations working as a volunteer unit to actually serve those who served in the military. They include the Knoxville Regional Veterans Mental Health Council, Legacy Peer Support Group and Vet to Vet Tennessee. If you haven't listened to them, if you didn't listen to the live show, be sure to listen to the archive show. Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? It's my pleasure, Gary. Today we have with us John Galena. John is the co founder and chief executive officer for Purple Heart Homes. John is a Purple Heart recipient. He began his career building homes in North Carolina when he was 19 years of age. John's hands-on building experiences services Purple Heart Homes well with his vast knowledge of estimating job expenses to working with professional tradesmen to understanding insurance issues with each project for a qualified service-connected disabled veteran. John has grown in his leadership skills at the Purple Heart Homes with hands-on training as well as training provided from the Alchemy Institute made possible by the Annenberg Foundation to providing leadership training to the 2013 CNN Top 10 Heroes. John and Dale Beatty are the co-founders of Purple Heart Homes. They have been friends since 1996 when they joined, both joined the North Carolina National Guard and answered to the call of duty to defend our nation against terrorism by serving in Operation Iraqi Freedom. By the way, 
John and Dale, we want to thank you for your dedicated service to our country and the sacrifices that you made. Welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, John. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Gary. It's always uh, always great to um, to be with other other veterans, and thank you for your service uh, to our country as well, Bill. And thank and you very much. Appreciate it, Joe. All right. Now, John, why don't you tell us what happened in Iraq on November 15th, uh, 2004? Well, yeah, I think um, really... You don't mind? Not a problem at all, yeah. Okay. We, uh, we're doing a routine patrol, doing a uh, route clearance for some convoys to take materials and, and supplies into uh, one of the bases in uh, Iraq. And in the process, uh, our vehicle struck two anti-tank mines. Uh, we had been uh, patrolling her out for a few weeks uh, prior, and there had been um, a number of civilian convoys that had been um, uh, attacked or injured, and we were providing a presence patrol. And as we went by the uh, site, uh, we come back about 15 minutes later, and now there were two tank landmines in the road, and we were a trail vehicle of five uh, Myself and uh, Dale and two others were in the vehicle, and uh, Dale was sitting in the passenger seat, front passenger seat. Uh, bomb exploded in the front uh, right corner under the front right tire of the vehicle, and uh, ultimately we result- resulted in a loss of both of Dale's legs uh, below the knee, and uh, by far he-, he was the worst injured. And then uh, myself and uh, one of the other passengers uh, were injured as the vehicle was uh, thrown a pretty good ways, uh, both up in the air and, and forward. Uh, we wound up facing the opposite direction we were driving, upside down. And, wow. Uh, so it was uh, the first armored Humvee that we had received in our unit. We uh, took our soft skin Humvees that we had trained with in Iraq. And uh, the night before, we had received the... the opportunity to get the armored Humvee, and none of us really wanted to go get it. It was pretty late in the evening. We had an early uh, patrol the next morning, and we had been in country for 10 months at that point, so it was kind of, you were comfortable where you were at and what you were in, and Dale uh, really forced the issue, and to our to our benefit of our lives, we're, we're here to tell about it because of that decision, so we learned a lot out of it. That's that's true. Now, uh, as far as um, uh, Purple Heart Homes goes, how did this idea of building homes for disabled veterans come about? And have any? Did you have any idea it was going to be successful as it is? You know, really, uh, we can't honestly lay claim to the idea. It was more of our community and seeing the efforts that they put out to help us as you know to reintegrate and. you know, along the way, we've we've learned that no matter uh, how much your commander tells you to go reintegrate and back into society, it just doesn't happen on your own. You you can't do it, the soldier, marine, sailor, airman. They can't do it on their own. It takes the community to uh, play a role and be a part. And in that, uh, we witnessed that firsthand. As Dale spent a year in Walter Reed, we were exposed to great nonprofits and charities like Fisher House and. Then our community and the Home Builders Association stepped up to help build Dale a house that would meet his and his family's needs as a double amputee. 
And at the end of that, we really had to ask ourselves, you know, why is it that we're so fortunate to have received the best case scenario, not only from the battlefield medicine and helping us to physically recover and the hospitals and the doctors and the charities, but all the way to our own community. So many other um, men and women that serve in uniform come home and they just seem to be forgotten. And, you know, what what was it that made us special in that sense? And and really, I, I think it has a lot to do with how the media has driven the interest of the soldier and the separation of the soldier from maybe the disagreement of the battle or, or the war itself. And so for that, we really said, you know, how can we help other men and women that have served, that are disabled, that need that assistance in their home, whether it's a new home or whether it's a home they already own, how can we go in and help make their life, their quality of life better. At the end of the day, when we were downrange, we all just wanted to go home. Whether you were World War II, Vietnam, Grenada, Panama, Iraq, or Afghanistan, you just want to go home. Right. Live comfortably. And so that's where Purple Heart Homes was born, is really that our community helped us. And we said, you know, hey, how can we expand this to, to help others that to let them know they're not forgotten, they're still appreciated. Whether they're 68 years old and just now losing a limb because of diabetes and Agent Orange and now they're finding themselves crawling to their bathroom because their doors aren't wide enough to allow them to get in with a wheelchair. That's true, very, very true. So you found that, you found that the community was very su- supportive, right? You know, I, I, due to my own injuries, I've really been forced to do a lot of reading and, and trying to help reconnect some of those damaged brain cells, if you will. And, and in the course of it, I, I come across a, a quote from Caesar that said, what we think we believe and what we believe we think other people believe. And I believe that has a direct correlation to veterans because when you come home, you think you're different because you've experienced things that you're still not sure how to process. And so it only takes, you know, a few relatives and a few friends to tell you, you know, you're different. Something's different about you. And before long, you really believe that to a point that you think it's bad, that you're different in a bad way because nobody else can understand you. And so... Having people accept you when you return home for who you are and and show that you have value makes all the difference in the reintegration process because it builds that confidence that you have something to contribute to society, that you're not, it's not just damaged goods that nobody wants you anymore. Right. All right. Bill? Well, John, you know, I, I, I listened to you and uh, your uh, explaining how things happened. You know, I served in Vietnam. I was on the ground, and uh, 
none of us got prepared in terms of what to expect when we got back home. It was something like, uh, you know, you were in one thing, out of that, and into another. Uh, How to reintegrate from to home and community from the battlefield uh, and combat to to come back and try to be yourself again. Uh, You know, again, in in the introduction, we mentioned that you and and Dale uh, went in your service from the North Carolina National Guard. Most of our men and women today are coming in to serve from the National Guard, from the reserves, and again from the rural and remote communities where they live to come back to. Talk a little bit about the challenges that you face coming back, say, in a small community where services are not available uh, to the extent that they should be and with the kinds of major changes in your life as a result of your service to the country. Bill, thank you. Uh, you know, a number of, of great points in there and questions. Uh, you know, I, I want to start to answer the question and where, where the community comes in at at a different place. I want to start in World War II, and really, we could go back to World War One. The reality is, those men and women served in a different kind of military than what you and I served in, and. It took them 30 days to get on a ship and travel to Europe and travel to Japan and travel to Africa. And when they finished there, after three or four, maybe five years straight, they then got back on that ship and they come home. Whereas when you went to Vietnam, most likely you flew on a plane and it took somewhere between 15 to 20 hours. Likewise, when you come home, you flew home on a plane. You didn't take a ship to a port where 5,000 of you got off. Chances are there were two to 300 that got off a plane in an airport, and then you went to a base, and you processed, and then dispersed from there. Well, likewise, it was the same for us. We went from the combat zone. Within 14 hours, we were landed at, in the States, in uh, Maryland, and uh, I'll, never, I'll never forget it was six Vietnam veterans that were there to welcome us at 2 o'clock in the morning. They knew what it was like to get off the plane and not be welcomed. So that's where the community starts. All right. And, John, can we continue continue this? We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, we'll continue where we left off. Is that okay? Yes, sir. All right, I appreciate it. Again, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, John Galena, co-founder and CEO for Purple Heart Homes. And, John, you were talking about returning home uh, to the community. Yes, and, uh, you know, just some of the basic differences from mm-hmm. generation to generation as to how they uh, first start that reintegration process. And my belief is the time that uh, World War II vets and World War I vets spent on ships helped them through a decompression time. And when they landed in the port, it was very easy for three or 4,000 of them to, you know, have a parade as they got off the for the community to hold a parade as the men and women got off the ships. And, you know, now we you know, fast forward to Vietnam and uh, everything in between there and Iraq and Afghanistan, and we find that, you know, it's taken us not 30 days to get home, but 14 hours to 20 hours to get home. And, you know, oftentimes it's in the middle of the night, and there's not a parade when we get off the plane, but, you know, there's a small community. And as I believe that starts with our veterans and other men and women that have served, and for me it was Vietnam veterans there to welcome us home and, you know, to help us start that reintegration process. And, you know, there was not a decompression time, but rather you got on a plane and you, most everybody went to sleep, and then you got off the plane, and now it's to start the next movement and go to uh, whatever processing, military processing station that you're assigned, and you turn in your equipment, you get some uh, interviews for you know, psychological evaluations, physical evaluations, and uh, then depending on you know what your contract or term of service is left with the military, you go to your next duty station or you go to the house. And for me, I was uh, I was on stop loss, uh, meaning that I had a contract. My contract ended, but I was in theater. I was in Iraq when my contract ended, and so they kept me until uh, at what point my orders were completed, which were basically another you know seven eight months. So when I landed and uh, back in the states, and I went to Fort Bragg after I finished processing. My contract with the government, with the military, was up, and I was no longer a soldier. So, to to Bill's point, just outside of uh, Statesville, North Carolina, which is about thirty minutes north of Charlotte, and in, in that, we don't have 
a full array of services for veterans, though they're growing and getting better. And uh, I believe that you know our, our community here is is one of the best for taking care of of the men and women that have served. Uh, North Carolina is a uh, you know ranked you know pretty uh, pretty high up there in the number of disabled veterans that live in the state. I believe we're fourth or fifth. But uh, with that, there's still areas where transportation to and from the VA clinics or uh, services like uh, vet center services for post-traumatic stress uh, uh, groups and therapies are, are not so prevalent and available as they would be in, in a major metropolitan such as Atlanta or New York or uh, Cleveland. And it, it becomes difficult for the men and women to find the right services to help them uh, reintegrate. I, I believe that the community can play a major role in that and just helping them um, be accepted, feel positive, uh, feel as though they're confident in themselves to still contribute to society. Well, John, you know, that's, that, that, that's very uh much uh, a comprehensive presentation that you've mentioned, but there's one other aspect, uh, uh, and, and, and I'm sure you've got something to say about this, is now reintegrating with the family. You're now back. The family uh, has sacrificed during your absence, and now you come back and you're in a disabled uh, condition and the family continues to sacrifice. As a matter of fact, the spouse or, uh, you know, some other family member in all cases can end up being a, a caregiver. So that's also a step process that you're going through now, trying to get back to what would be the norm or even the new norm now that you have to deal with. Sir, I, I would you know really say I, I, there are varying degrees of sacrifice, but I, I think in any leadership role there's inherent sacrifice, and you know the leader eats last, and a leader often has to stay up later and do more planning and, and preparation. Uh, I think that's probably where the most difficulty comes from on the soldiers' aspect that just adds more strain in that. So often the men and women that have served our our strong mind, will, and character, and and they're leaders in their household. And then they deploy, and the spouses have to take and fill that leadership role. And when you come home, it's hard to accept that change. It's hard to go from being someone who's in control and you're, you're confident on the battlefield to now being at home, unconfident in yourself, and find yourself in a position where you're not able to lead your family. And so I, I think it causes a great strain psychologically on all the members of the family. And you know, some, some find comfort in uh, some solitude and service animals. Some find comfort and in, in ability to communicate better in, in therapy. And those social services really need to support our families. They are a part of that reintegration process, and there are struggles that men and women have every day because of it. Uh, some aren't sleeping at night. 
They're on opposite sleep schedules. Some have um, you know sought out you know other other ways to to help cope with the psychological ramifications of combat. I mean, there's just there's no preparation for what you experience beyond the training that the military provides you, and they do a ph- phenomenal job of that. And I think far too often. Uh, the civilian population believes that the VA should be doing more, and while I believe that they do a great job in providing medical care, I do not believe that they should provide housing assistance, per se. That's, that's not their purpose. Uh, we need other uh, businesses, social entrepreneurs, for, for more humanitarian good to help our men and women and their families to go through these transitions. We just simply can't do it on our own. That was a trip. <laughs> Is that the train that goes by? Uh, no, sir, that's not me. <laughs> okay. All right. It sounded like a train. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, uh, John, um, uh, just to switch gears a little bit, and I understand what you were saying about, you know, those uh, agencies, primarily the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is responsible for our help and assistance. So uh, looking at the website for the Purple Heart Homes, you guys have got an outstanding website there, and this. Three areas that have got my attention, and I know you can talk about this for a long time, but give us a little bit in, in three of the areas that I sort of got my attention. The operation of the Purple Heart Homes Chapters, Veterans Aging in Place, and Boots the Backyards. Okay. So I'll start with uh, the Veterans Aging in Place, and that's where the organization really started. And uh, After the completion of Dale's house and you know, we're really trying to figure things out and, you know, where we fit in into our community and how we could do something to help our brothers and sisters in arms and pay it forward, if you will. We found ourselves out at a local store and a uh, Vietnam veteran was standing there talking with us. And so there's three of us, Purple Heart recipients, standing there talking and uh young boy comes over and said, you know, wants to thank Dale and shake his hand. And, you know, it's obvious when you're wearing a pair of shorts and you see two shiny titanium legs, people now assume that you're a veteran. And in fact, many more applications uh, non-military related than there are military related. But fortunately, we get good uh, technology and investment you know, into those types of prosthetics, and it's revolutionized that area of healthcare. And so we're we're grateful for that. But what was obvious to us is that that Vietnam veteran was wearing a leather jacket and with patches and a hat on, but there was still no interest in in helping him and and thanking him. And it, it was what's shiny and new. And so for that, we found that they still represent 43% of our veteran population. And many of them own houses and are still facing disabilities and and needs from their conflict in 
just in the sense of Agent Orange and type 2 diabetes or cancer treatments or so many other uh, injuries and ailments, diseases that uh, they need home modifications in their home. So we go into those homes free of charge as a charity and we will renovate a home to provide a ramp, to widen doors, to provide an accessible shower, uh, track systems, chair lifts. Uh, to help those men and women be able to live in their home comfortably where they want to be, uh, to not be forced into retirement centers or medical care centers, uh, to not be forced to stay in the hospitals through uh, recoveries of surgeries, but to be able to come home and, and have some safety and accessibility in their home. Uh, then the next thing is our chapters. We we realize the need, there, there's far greater need than we have the capacity to do as an eight-year-old organization. We continue to grow exponentially every year. However, there's still a a great need with 3.4 million service-connected disabled veterans in America. And we want to be able to empower communities to do this work and take care of their veterans in a uh, very simple and nimble fashion. And so we basically outlined a um, uh, franchise, if you will, for a nonprofit. There's really no such thing. Uh, There's no monies that come to the the main organization, but rather we empower the uh, community to use our brand and to go out and follow our processes and uh, utilize our, our program services to provide service to veterans in their communities. We, we want more communities to be taking care of their veterans' housing needs, and that's the vehicle which we've designed to do so. Right. And lastly is the Boots to Backyard program. Uh, it's a uh, peer-to-peer mentorship to help veterans be able to understand uh, some, of their, some of their basic needs and reintegrating and building a budget, a family budget building, you know, having some, some plans to uh, do something in your community to help another veteran or to help someone else in need, to be able to uh, identify some of those resources in those rural areas where it's difficult to find um, therapy groups where you can go sit down and have those conversations and be able to listen and understand that other people are going through the same thing that you are. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. The American Heroes Network has partnered with the Veterans Suicide Prevention Channel, one of the only nonprofit veteran organizations that's been chosen for inclusion on the national VA website. We'll be releasing information soon about the upcoming veteran shows and more info on the Veteran Resource Directory. Again, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, 
sponsoring, and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, John Galena, co-founder and CEO for the Purple Heart Homes. And John, yeah, you said you might have some story or two for us. Yes, most definitely. Our, our uh, veterans that uh, we've helped, we just uh, recently completed our 125th project, and uh, wow. our chapters have, have been a major part of that, and we, we couldn't do, do it without them. They, they go from uh, Colorado to Ohio, New York State, um, down into uh, Georgia and uh, Southeast, and so um, you know, people that are interested can certainly visit our website and, and uh, apply to make their community a Purple Heart Homes chapter. But uh, to share a few stories about some of the veterans that we've met along the way, there's a couple in particular that, that you know, are really, to me, very inspiring. I, I think of those that you know, really get involved with their community after they complete the home, you know, as that's, the, that's the perfect situation. You know, they, they weren't able to function in their house so therefore, they really weren't functioning in society, and and now they feel safe and comfortable in their home, and then they're able to to go out and uh, contribute and be involved. And uh, one Vietnam veteran in particular, his name's Dave, and when we met Dave, he had uh, had his left leg amputated and uh, just below the knee, and was um, going in for a revision surgery. And so after surgery. We had uh, went to his house to do his do our our initial home visit, and uh, that's when we were able to see firsthand that he was not able to you know access his bathroom. And in fact, he was living in in a, in a smaller room in in the first floor of his home to avoid having to climb up and down the steps and still not be able to get into the bathroom. And so uh, we went in and did a small addition on the back of, of Dave's home to give him a uh, bedroom that he would be able to maneuver a wheelchair in as well, uh, modify the existing room in the house to make it a fully accessible bathroom. And from that, you know, Dave's, Dave's since had a fused 
vertebrae in his neck as well. He's had his uh, right leg amputated, and he's been able to fully recover and do all his therapy in his home. And seeing Dave get out between that that first visit and uh, the initial modifications we made to the home and seeing him get involved with other organizations, whether it's for housing or uh, or not, Dave Dave in particular uh, has a service dog and it's made a tremendous impact in his life and uh, I I find that many veterans are able to connect with other veterans through the through the service dog and it, it somewhat makes the veteran more visible to the civilian that they are a veteran and kind of becomes that little bit of a attractor to uh, draw people to ask questions, you know, to show, hey, you know what, you're you're of some value that I, I care and I want to hear something from you. I want to hear about you. And I, I think that makes a big difference. And so, uh, you know, Dave, Dave getting out and being involved with uh, – Another organization there in the community is inspiring to me to to show that it's not just the house that makes a difference, but it's the community really taking an interest and accepting. And I I thought it was kind of odd with Dave. He had a uh, rubber foot, and so he wanted everybody that come through to sign his rubber foot. And uh, (laughs) so, you know, obligingly everyone did. And uh, at the end, you you really couldn't tell you know it was just covered in these markers and he's so proud of that and you know it it really meant something to him and then we get young uh young veterans uh, like a marine in ohio uh leo uh, again you know has taken uh, a position returning of you know not really feeling as though he fits in anywhere and wound up homeless and going from uh, one veteran friend's house to another, from one family member's house to another, until eventually there's you know nowhere for him to stay and he ends up in a shelter. And here's a young man who's served for six years in the Marine Corps and multiple tours into Iraq and Afghanistan. And he, he comes home, he's disabled, he's, he's got some income, but he's really not functioning 100% and he's unsure of himself and he's not married. He doesn't have family supporting him to help him get into a home. And one of our uh, programs takes uh, vacated or foreclosed houses and we renovate them. And instead of just giving the veteran a, a handout, our program is designed to give them a hand up, require that you know they they work for it, that they put forth the effort to have a budget, to have a financial plan, to make their payments, to pay their taxes, and be able to maintain the home. They pay a portion of, of the home value of 50%. The other 50% of the value is is gifted to them. Uh, each year that they make uh, their payments and occupy the house, they receive a portion of equity until they have 100% full ownership. And so Leo's now uh, got a home that he has a plan, that he's confident in himself. And so every day, instead of sitting in his house because he's getting a disability check, he's going out and helping other veterans get connected and be, become trained to receive a service dog. And, and seeing the, the experience and the value of the education that our men and women from the armed services have to bring back to the community and share with their community to me, it's just very inspiring, and that's that's what it's all about. You know, our civilian population wants to 
wants to hear about it, and they, they're uncertain or they don't know what is what you've really experienced, it's leadership. It's seeing the world through a different set of glasses. It's understanding that you know what we have here in America we should be proud of, not just because we can shoot off fireworks, but because we help one another and we have a community that's willing to help us, and that's worth fighting for. That's true. You know, uh, talking about um, uh, a story, for instance, uh, we had um, Travis on on the air with us. He's a quad amputee, uh, an amazing guy, and uh, you know how he helps out a lot of the veterans that have a lesser disability. And but a lot of these veterans are also ready to give up, and uh, that's why we hear about it every day. The twenty-two a day that we lose to suicides, and uh, also. Uh, that's only re- 20, what was that bill? 21 states reporting, I believe it is. And that's, that's kind of, uh, uh, unique when you run across a man that, uh, his, his motivation is never, never give up. I mean, the first time we interviewed him, uh, he was parked outside the gym, um, waiting to have the interview over with so he could go work out on a daily basis, uh, these guys are phenomenal, uh, and, well, Gary, and right I, now, I'm sorry. Go I think ahead. there's also a, a misnomer in in that that statistic of 22 a day. It's not 22 Iraq and Afghanistan veterans a day. It's not 22 right. servicemen and women a day. But when men and women have lived for years without confidence in themselves, and they have lived for years with a feeling of disconnect from their community. It's a last resort or a last-ditch effort to reach out and call for help. And unfortunately, so often we're all wrapped up in our own lives that, that we miss that call. We, yes. we don't get it, whether it's the VA crisis hotline, which can only take so many and do so much, or whether it's your neighbor. We've got to be listening, and we've got to have an awareness of the need to help our men and women that have served in a uniform for your freedoms to be able to feel comfortable and confident. And part of that it comes from being accepted. It's just hard to accept people that you don't know or, or maybe you're, you're not sure what you have in common. But beyond saying thank you for your service, people need to ask, how are you? What can I, what can I do to help you to show you that I, I appreciate your service? Um, how, would you like to come over for dinner? You know, have have a connection in your community. And one veteran, I, I'll never forget it. He he asked for a front porch. He said that America's lost the front porch culture. We don't wave to our neighbors going down the road anymore. No, that's true. That's true. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at SponsorInfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, John Galena, co founder and CEO for the Purple Heart Homes. And while we're on break, Bill Hill had a question. Well, Gary, as I mentioned, frustrations that uh, we experience, uh, especially when we come back to home and community and uh, we're trying to get back on our feet again. And, John, you know, uh, service-connected disabilities and the compensation that goes along with that, you know, there's a long uh, and undetermined period sometime when these things actually happen. And it's a demoralizing thing for uh, our veterans who've served and that really need that. I mean, whether it's for themselves individually or if they've got a family. How uh, is uh, Purple Heart Homes working with all the other great things that you do with some of the other uh, veteran service organizations in the community to try to, uh, to relieve that a little bit and, and dealing with the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to make it more efficient. Bill, I, I really appreciate the question, and it's, it is very valid. I, I think that, you know, we have to have, uh, you know, a couple of basics, and, you know, it, it goes to the confidence level. You know, again, uh, as you said, it's somewhat um, humiliating for a, a veteran to come back and have been injured and then have the VA turn around and say, no, you're not getting this, or no, you're, you're you know, because of one word not being, you know, in the right place or the the proper word not being used, uh, your claim gets denied. It, it's so uh, very technical and bureaucratic that it becomes very difficult. And I know personally, uh, I, I re-enlisted uh, just a, about a year before uh, we landed in Iraq in uh, 2002. And in the process, uh, was was found fit for duty. I, I did a rotation at the National Training Center, did a rotation at the Joint Readiness Training Center, uh, turned around and uh, did additional training at Fort Bragg all before uh, deploying to Iraq and uh, had zero problems, 
I go to Iraq, was in a couple of uh, IED explosions and um, run over two anti-tank mines and my buddy lost both his legs sitting two feet from me and I come home and go to the VA and tell him, you know, my back's you know, giving me problems and doing MRI and they find out that I've, you know, got a couple of discs in my back that have been basically shattered and there's no cushion in between the vertebrae and mm. I go to file my claim and the VA claim director says that it was because I was lifting Christmas trees before going to Iraq that my back mm. was <laughs> injured and that they weren't going to give me disability for it and you know I'm you know pretty outgoing and you know confident guy it's like you know that's that's fine if that's what you guys believe that's not the case but you know I'm I'm going to go to the house I'm going to go figure out how to get better and you know part of part of my process of reintegration was overcoming some of the stigma of having a disorder having experienced post traumatic stress and uh, the reality is uh, I experienced multiple concussions and yeah seeing and witnessing the battlefield you know provides a, a lot of you know trauma but at at the end of the day uh, it wasn't the medicines that really helped me it was it was my family and, and network of friends that helped get over some of that stigmatism and it, it takes a lot you know you in the VA can can knock you down more than help you at times and so th- those benefits are important and Purple Heart Homes is found through our Boots to Backyard program we partner with the National Council on Aging to provide benefits clinics uh, much like uh, uh, other organizations like the DAV and Vet Center, they help process those claims. Uh, we, we do not process any claims at Purple Heart Homes, but help veterans uh, identify what potential benefits are available to them and then direct them to assistance and help where they can go um, get access to, to people that can help file those claims, put in the proper words, fill in the, the right blank on the right form, because if, if every I is not dotted and T crossed, you stand to not get your claim approved. And so it's, um, it's very difficult, but I believe with the, the right amount of support from the community, the right amount of support from one's family and from our government through the uh, Veterans Affairs, that our men and women that have served our country can still serve and they have something to contribute to every community in our great nation. And John, you've got a great call from my understanding of uh, with uh, interacting with North Carolina when I served Maryland as the Deputy Secretary for Veterans Affairs, a great call of county veterans service officers throughout the state of North Carolina. We we do. We're very unique. We have 100 counties, and I believe we have 90 or 95 veteran service officers, and they they work in each county to assist the veterans with their claims. Unfortunately, not every state is uh, that is, is that the case, but uh, there are great organizations like uh, Disabled American Veterans that, that help. I was recently in Oklahoma working on a project and met some uh, great veterans there at an organization called Veterans Center, and they help process claims for veterans. They're open five, six days a week. They have coffee, hot dogs while veterans are waiting to have their claims processed. And and there's a lot of organizations like that. Uh, Richard's Coffee Shop here in North Carolina where veterans gather and they want to help each other. They want to help connect and network to receive that assistance that, that people need. 
I think you really uh, find find a fellow veteran, and they'll be able to direct you to resources for those that uh, are having a difficult time finding them in their communities. All right. Now, John, as as of you know, as with all nonprofits, without volunteers and community support, it'd be very hard and sometimes impossible to be successful. When can uh, where can our listeners actually go and find out more about your next project and how can they help? Uh, certainly, uh, Facebook is uh, is an active day to day method of. Uh, understanding what we have going on here at Purple Heart Homes, and that's uh, facebook.com forward slash purplehearthomes. And um, our website, www.phhusa.org. And, uh, yes, uh, no organization can afford to sustain without the support contributions from the community. That's correct. Uh, gentlemen, we only have a couple minutes left, and it was a pleasure having you on our show today. And uh, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing, John? I think it's you know really about education. If if we can't, by example, as citizens, take care of the men and women that are in uniform, how can we expect that the children of the next generation are going to enlist? And I know George Washington's been accredited with uh, saying something along those same lines, uh, but I really think it has to be done out of example. It's not just walking in and teaching them in the classroom. It's not just them watching a TV show where a veteran's receiving a free house. But I, I really believe that as communities, we have to stand up and take care of our veterans so that we can lead by example. That's true. Very true. Bill? Well, John, thank you very much for taking the time to be our guest today and to share the great information that's going on with the Purple Heart Homes. And you know, John, I, I, I think if, if there's one way of us make, really making headway, it's a part of what you guys are doing, and that's veterans helping veterans. We understand our concerns I think you guys are doing an outstanding job, and I, I just wish you the best that, that this continues to be very positive as you, as you move along, and certainly would uh, extend an invitation to you to come back and update us uh, as you get down the road about things, the great things you're doing there in North Carolina. Well, thank Definitely. you, Bill. We're, we're trying to follow the example of your generation and uh, we wouldn't be receiving the benefits we have if it weren't for you guys, and uh, we just we just thank you to all the servicemen and women that have served in uniform. Certainly, continue to wish them a happy Independence Day. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you, sir, for sure. Now, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 right on our website. And you can also hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, and thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a good